Thank you for listening to the Rivers Church podcast with Pastor Andre and the Rivers team. Be sure to subscribe for a weekly dose of encouragement and inspiration to help your daily life. We pray that this message will help in whatever season of life you might be in. I don't know if you realize it, but everything starts with a dream. And uh, on the 2nd of March, 1959, crowds were gathered under umbrellas in the rain to mark the start of the building of the iconic Sydney Opera House. The architect was chosen from 233 people, Danish Jean Utzen, and uh, the premier of New South Wales at the time, Joseph Cale, 68 years old, the longest serving premier, he screwed a plaque that uh, Jean Utzen had brought onto the stairs and thus initiated the beginnings of the building. Jackhammers swung into operation and they began to construct. And it was a very, very exciting moment for uh, Joseph Cale, the premier, because he had fought for this dream for several years. There'd been a long process from 1956 to choose an architect, and then he had to defend in Parliament the cost of the whole project. And uh, he spoke to the Parliament and said, you know, we are a young nation, we need to have courage, we need to step up and do it because the cost was going to be significant. And they kicked off the project, 700 one-meter diameter piles of concrete were driven into the unstable rock underneath, and they began construction of this amazing building. Now, sadly, just seven months into the project, uh, Joseph Cale fell ill and was actually on his deathbed, and he called in the Minister of Public Works, Norman Ryan, and he said to him, please don't let this project come to a halt. Would you see it through? Norman agreed to it, and the following day, Joseph Cale passed away. And the project continued, and it grew to be the largest structure, concrete structure in the southern hemisphere. I mean, it's become an iconic landmark in Sydney. Uh, they originally estimated that it would cost $7 million, cost $102 million. They said it would take four years, and it took 14 years. But eventually, the 10,000 construction workers completed this amazing building on October 1973, and it's been listed as a World Heritage Site. The dream was birthed, the dream was held onto, and the dream was brought to completion. And today, 10.9 million visitors visit that site every year. That's what a dream can do. I love what author Kenneth Hildebrand said about a dream. He said, the poorest of all men is not the one without a nickel to his name. He is the fellow without a dream. He's like a great ship made for the mighty ocean, but trying to navigate in a mill pond. In other words, God's made you for much more, but now you're stuck in this mill pond. He goes on to say, he has no far port to reach, no lifting horizon, no precious cargo to carry. His hours are absorbed in routine and petty tyrannies. Small wonder if he gets dissatisfied, quarrelsome and fed up. I think during COVID, many of us have become quarrelsome, petty and fed up because we were meant for great oceans. We were meant for great projects. We were meant for great dreams. And when those dreams are squashed, something happens on the inside of you. Your energy goes, you become irritable because God's designed you to be a dreamer. John Maxwell put it like this. He said, where there is no faith in the future, there is no power in the present. In other words, where you're currently living, if you don't have your eyes on the future, there will be no energy, there'll be no excitement. And what we desperately need right now is what I call to dream again. 
So I wanna speak to you in a new series called Dream Again, because it's essential that we become dreamers again so that the power comes into our lives in the present and we get excited about what God's got for us in our future. I don't know if you realize it, but God has wired us quite uniquely as human beings, very distinctive from the animals. And I was reading a medical article that said our bodies contain 100 million sensory receptors. So, you know, our smell, our taste, our touch, 100 million of those receptors in the physical. But then they said our brain contains 10,000 billion synapses for sensing that which we can't see. So more than 100,000 times more synapses for detecting that which is unseen than for dealing with that which is seen. So clearly God's made us to be dreamers, to focus on the unseen and to live in that realm. I believe we need to imagine the possibilities and we definitely need to dream again. I'm sure you can agree with me, church. Cast your mind ahead because as you think of the future and you start to dream again, strength comes into your present. You know, a great dreamer that is often spoken of is a man by the name of Walt Disney. Everyone knows him and Mickey Mouse. And Walt Disney said this. He said, if you can dream it, you can do it. All our dreams can come true if we have the courage to pursue them. Well, what is a dream? A dream is something that God can give you in your sleep, but a dream is also something that you can cultivate and you can see the dictionary definition of a dream is a cherished desire, what is seen, envisaged, longed for in the mind concerning the future, unrealized desires, longings, or plans. That's what dreams are. And you know what I've discovered? When life hurts, like it is at the moment, it's hurting, then dreams tend to evaporate. They tend to disappear. Mark Twain explained it like this. He said, when a cat sits on a hot stove, that cat won't sit on a stove again. It won't even sit on a cold stove because it associates stoves with pain. And what can happen during COVID is we've had so many negativity, so much disappointment, so much, uh, everything is gr ground to a halt. Now we can kind of feel, well, you know, what's the point of dreaming? And we can be put off our dreams, but we have to pursue our dreams. We have to dream again, and we have to hold on to the promises of God for a better future in the word, and we need to dream again. Quickly, let's read some scripture before I get into some practical things in the message today. In John chapter 10 and verse 10, we know these words so well. Jesus describing the thief, and he says, the thief comes only to steal, to kill, and destroy. COVID, it takes. I have come, he says, that they may have life and have it to the full. So, so the opposite of what's happening in life, and God didn't cause COVID, God didn't bring it to judge us. COVID happened. The God of this world is ruling this world and he takes from us. But Jesus said, I've come that you might have life and have it to the full. Now, I don't often quote the message paraphrase, but in that same verse, it says, a thief is only there to steal, kill and destroy. I came so that they might have real and eternal life, more and better life than they ever dreamed of. Don't you like that? We need to start dreaming of the future of a better quality of life because the thief has stolen from us, but we've got to cast our minds ahead and it's time to dream again. 
I know for some Christians, they think that dreaming and imagining is almost occultic and it's something wrong with it. But the Bible tells us clearly that we need to use our imagination as a God-given gift. Remember Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 20 in the NIV, it says, Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine. See, we've got to use our imaginations and we've got to ask. The message paraphrase says, far more than you could ever imagine or guess or request in your wildest dreams. So we need to dream again because everything that's ever been created first started as a dream in the heart of a person. Everything we work with or we see, this building started first as a dream. There was nothing here. It started in the mind and in the heart and then a model was built and then it was put up. Your cell phone, your motor car, your home was all first a dream in the heart of someone and then it became a reality. And God is the God of dreams. Now we know for, for a fact from scripture that many people had dreams. Joseph was given dreams and then as we look through scripture, we see Pharaoh was also also given dreams and Joseph interpreted Pharaoh's dreams. Uh, Gideon had a dream. Solomon had dreams. Joseph in the New Testament, Mary's husband, had a dream and was warned in the dream. The wise men were warned in a dream. Paul had dreams directing him. And so dreams are very common. Now Joseph's dreams came to him and he went through difficult seasons with difficult people, but he held on to the dream and it came to pass. I want to give you three key things today. The first two we'll do quickly and I'll spend a bit of time on the third one because that's important and has some practical application. Three things that we can do or understand as we dream again. Number one, it's in our nature to dream. God's made us very different to the animals and it's in our nature to dream. You know, animals operate by instinct, lions hunt. That's just what they programmed to do. But we've not been programmed to do that. We've been programmed to dream. Now, Dutch Sheets in his book, A Dream, says this. He says, we can't help it. It's our nature to dream. Our creator is a dreamer and he placed within us his dreaming nature. Made in his image and likeness, we can't simply function like angels or animals which do not dream. Don't allow anything to steal your dream and don't shut down your dreaming nature. Your destiny is at stake. Have you noticed how when kids are small, they, they dream, they fantasize of being on stage, they, they stand in the lounge and dress up for their parents, mommy, daddy, look at me. It's in our nature to dream of growing up, of going forward, of being mature, of achieving something, of being something. And so it's in our nature to dream, God expects us and it's time to dream again. Number two, God gives us all dreams. Some of the dreams are specific. They come in the nighttime and they're concerning future events like Joseph. Other times God puts in us a desire or a vision for something in our future. And usually it comes from him if it includes other people because no dream that comes from God is ever selfish. If you have a dream to be somebody, to dominate other people, to rule over other people and not care about other people, that generally is a selfish dream. Doesn't come from God, comes from your selfish nature. But dreams that come from God always spur us and include other people. Now in the Bible, I don't know if you realize, whenever we think of dreams, we think of Joseph. He's the dreamer. But before Joseph was Jacob. Jacob had a very significant dream and I want to read it from the book of Genesis chapter 28 and just five things he realized because this is what happens when you get a dream from God you have these kind of realizations so let's read it I'm not going to take long on this section 
But I want to bring this dream to you to show you what happens when a dream comes from God in our lives. And remember this, Jacob is on the run. He has stolen his brother's birthright. He now is in isolation, if you like, just like us. And he's in the middle of nowhere and he has this dream. So Genesis 28 and verse 10, it says, Jacob left Beersheba and set out for Haran. When he reached a certain place, he stopped for the night because the sun had set. Taking one of the stones there, he put it under his head and lay down to sleep. Really simple. He had a dream in which he saw a stairway resting on the earth with its top reaching to heaven. And the angels of God were ascending and descending on it. There above it stood the Lord. And he said, I am the Lord, the God of your father Abraham and the God of Isaac. I will give you and your descendants the land on which you are lying. Your descendants will be like the dust of the earth and you will spread out to the west and to the east and to the north and to the south. All peoples on earth will be blessed through you and your offspring. God says, I'm gonna do amazing things through you. I am with you and will watch over you wherever you go and I will bring you back to this land. He has done that in modern times for Israel. I will not leave you until I have done what I have promised you. When Jacob awoke from his sleep, he thought, surely the Lord is in this place and I was not aware of it. You know, you can be in a place of isolation, nothing seems to be happening and God can bring you a dream and open up massive vistas. That's what he did for Jacob. It goes on to say, he was afraid and said, how awesome is this place? This is none other than the house of God. This is the gate of heaven. Let me just pause for a moment. Do you know the place you're in right now, the home you're in, in isolation, could be the gate of heaven. It could be awesome if you become open to the dreams of God. It goes on to say, early the next morning, Jacob took the stone he had placed under his head and set it up as a pillar and poured oil on top of it, kind of consecration. He called that place Bethel, though the city used to be called Luz. Now we know Abraham was in Bethel and there's a place long before this called Bethel, house of God. But Jacob recognized that this ordinary place was also a house of God because he'd got a dream there. Then Jacob made a vow saying, if God will be with me and will watch over me on the journey I'm taking and will give me food to eat and clothes to wear so that I return safely to my father's household, then the Lord will be my God. And this stone that I have set up as a pillar will be God's house and of all that you give me, I will give you a tenth. What a revelation he has in this dream. And you know, God gives us dreams. It's in our nature to dream. And here Jacob has five realizations, which you'll find when you've got a dream, this happens to you too. Number one, he became aware of the favor of God. You know, when you have a dream, you've got an idea, something you see in the future, you suddenly become aware that God can do it, that there's favor up ahead. The whole world begins to open up before you. You begin to see God's promises and God's blessing. God is showing himself to Jacob. And when you get a dream from God, that's what happens. And excitement develops in your life. The second thing that he experienced was he consecrated the dream to God. He recognized that without God's help, this dream could never happen. And so he immediately took the stone, poured oil on it and said, God, you gave me this now. I consecrate this place. And he recognized everything he does is in conjunction with God. No independent dream, no selfish dream, but he's got to consecrate it to God. Number three, he changed the name of the place. He suddenly recognized that in lockdown, in isolation, in a place of dryness, of seemingly nothing, 
You was actually at the portal of heaven. Heaven had opened up and favor was coming up and down. And this was an awesome place in the spirit realm where a dream had been revealed to him. And so he realized, man, I can be anywhere and it can be the house of God. Then he committed to give God his part in the fruits of the dream. You notice how the response to God's dreams and God's favor in your life is to tithe. It's not an obligation. It's not a rule. You know, you can say, well, the church is closed. Why do we have to tithe? What are they doing with the money? No, no. It's a response to the dreams that God's put in your heart. And you honor God because he's in partnership with your life and he's opening up the vistas of heaven. The natural response is to give a tenth, only a tenth to God. Dreams do that in us. They cause us to give to God because God has given us a dream. And then lastly, we don't see this in the text, but we know further on, he worked hard to make his dream a reality. Jacob worked for seven years for Leah, seven years for Rachel. He worked for his father-in-law Laban and gave his very, very best. And God used his work to bring about the dream. You know, for us, we need to recognize we might be in an ordinary place, but heaven is open for us. We need to consecrate our ideas to God and say, Lord, help me. We need to keep giving to God and working with God. And I believe God gives dreams. God has caused us to be dreamers and an incredible future can unfold. Now, number three, the third thing here is dreams have incredible power. Dreams have incredible power. When you get a dream, you get lifted from the ordinary to the extraordinary, from the natural to the supernatural. And dreams have a massive impact on our lives. Robert Greenleaf wrote a book called Servant as Leader. And uh, he says this about the power of dreams. He says, not much happens without a dream. And for something great to happen, there must be a great dream. Behind every great achievement is a dreamer of great dreams. Much more than a dreamer is required to bring it to reality, but the dream must be there first. Dreams are powerful. And when they start to come up in your life and you start to dream again, things begin to happen. Let me give you a dozen things today that happened to you. And, to, and I want you to realize today, you really need to dream again because these are the results of having a dream. You can't live in maintenance mode. We've had to live in lockdown. We're still shut down as a church, but we have to begin to think ahead and we have to dream again because dreams are powerful. Number one, the first amazing thing that happens when we dream again is our hopes are rekindled. The minute you begin to dream, hope is rekindled. You start to see possibilities. You start to see potential. Hope arises. We start to see ahead. And you know what hope is? The constant expectation of good, not the expectation of bad. And the minute you've got a dream, it takes you beyond circumstances into the future and there's an expectation that rises up in your heart. The great Victor Hugo, the author said, there is nothing like a dream to create the future. The minute you get a dream, something starts to be created and our hopes are rekindled. Number two, our faith is challenged. You know, when you've got a dream, your faith is called into operation. When you're in survival mode, there's no need for faith because you just kick along. But the minute there's a demand for something in your life and you've got a dream, faith is rekindled and we start to trust God. And I love what Ralph Welder Emerson said. He said, don't be pushed by your problems, be led by your dreams. 
You know, during COVID, we could have been pushed back and pushed down by our problems. But now we've got to be led by our dreams and we have to dream again. Start to think about the future and start to trust God because when you have something to believe for, faith arises and it's quite exciting. The author Anatoly France said, to accomplish great things, we must not only act, but also dream. Not only plan, but also believe. Our hopes are stirred, our faith is, is, is activated. Number three, our passion is ignited. You wanna get passionate about life? Dream again, because when you get a dream, all your energy comes to the surface and it's amazing how lethargic you can, you can be without a dream. But as soon as you get a dream, man, your body almost kicks in and energy courses through your veins. John Maxwell says, when a person starts to talk about their dreams, it's as if something bubbles up within. Their eyes brighten, their face glows, and you can feel the excitement of their words. Have you noticed that when you get around a dreamer, someone who can see ahead, there's an excitement about them. Everyone else is struck down by the negativity and the situation and the isolation, but they're seeing beyond. They're dreaming and it's affecting their physical bodies. The great Napoleon Hill, that uh, encourager and positive thinker, he said, a burning desire to be and to do is the starting point from which the dreamer must take off. Dreams are not born of indifference, laziness or lack of ambition. It's amazing when you catch a dream, energy comes and you, you're just raring to go and you're able to do things and, and you're able to sell things because you've got a passion, it's contagious. I told you a story some years ago, some of you may remember it, about a young girl scout by the name of Marquita Andrews. She was abandoned by her father, her mom and her, when she was just eight, and they always struggled uh, to make a living. And this young girl, just in her teens, started uh, with a dream. I'm gonna take my mom on an overseas holiday. And um, she decided that she would start selling cookies from door to door. And she first started off by selling 3,526 boxes. But because of her dream and the way she conveyed the dream, she ended up selling 42,000 boxes. And the reason was her aunt came to her and her aunt gave her this advice. Her aunt said to her, don't ask them to buy your cookies, ask them to invest. And so Marquita would go to the door and this is what she would say. She'd say, hi, I have a dream. I'm earning a trip around the world for my mom and myself by merchandising Girl Scout cookies. Would you like to invest in one or two dozen boxes of cookies? And guess what? people ended up buying dozens of boxes, 42,000. They ended up writing a book eventually, her and co-author Cheryl Mercer, on how to sell more cookies, condos, Cadillacs, and computers, and everything else. A dream energizes you, and your passion gets ignited. That's how powerful dreams are. We have to dream again. Can you see that today? Number four, the fourth thing is our happiness is increased. You wanna be a happy person right where you are, in the circumstances you are, have a dream. A dream will elevate you out of poverty, out of negativity, out of a, out of a listless, energyless situation. A dream will catapult you into new horizons. Andrew Carnegie says, if you wanna be happy, set a goal that commands your thoughts, liberates your energy, and inspires your hope. Number five, the fifth thing that happens to you. Can you see how powerful dreams are? The fifth thing that happens to you when your dreams are ignited is your creativity is released. Our creativity 
is released. Dutch Sheets in his book, Dream, says this. He says, if you don't dream, you won't create. Period. End of story. But if you do dream, you must create. Necessity isn't the mother of invention. Dreams are. Think about that for a moment. Everything that we see today that's been created or invented started as a dream. Our buildings started as a dream. They didn't first start physically and then they formed themselves. They were first in the mind and in the heart and then they became a reality. John Fleming, the architect, in speaking about buildings, made this incredible comment. He said, if you're an architect, you can't start a building project until you've finished it. In other words, it's got to be complete in the mind. The dream's got to be tangible. You've got to see it. Then you bring it about in the tangible. If you want your creativity to be released, you have to have a dream. Number six, our lives are elevated. How many of you want your life to be elevated today? Well, the minute you dream again, that's when your life gets elevated. The poet and author Eckhart Tolle said the following. He said, the power for creating a better future is contained in the present moment. You create a good future by creating a good present. There's power in the present when you begin to think ahead. And Eckhart Tolle is saying the same thing here. If you want a good future, you've got to start thinking and dreaming right now in the present. And as you dream, your life is elevated from the mundane, just like Jacob, suddenly vistas are opened and you get a glimpse of what God wants to do in your life. Number seven, the seventh thing a dream does that nothing else can do is our character is forged. You know, the minute you've got a dream and you begin to move forward, obstacles come your way. But God uses that to forge your life and shape your life. He did that with Joseph, gave him incredible dreams, but then took him on a journey of shaping. And if you want your life to be shaped, it won't happen in the mundane, in the comfortable, in the static. It happens when we're moving forward, facing challenges where we have to hold on to God and trust God. That is where character is formed. Do you have what it takes? Many people don't dream because they don't have what it takes. They say, oh, I could never do that. Oh, it'll never work. They never get the chance for their character to be formed. You know, I get to read a lot of interesting stories and I was reading about Faye Lewis. She had dreams that she was pursuing for years. She wanted to be a nurse and uh, while she was studying for her doctorate in nursing, she really began to lapse in motivation because her family suffered yet another setback. And the house in which her parents were living with some cousins, it burned to the ground and her father died, three cousins, the family dog, and her mom managed to escape, fortunately. And so she was going through a hard time, trying to make something of her life. And what she did was, in order to motivate herself, she rekindled her dreams by digging out of her bag all her badges that she had uh, acquired on her journey towards her dream. She'd started off just working as an ordinary person at KFC, then moved up into management, then into nursing. And she posted it on Facebook and it inspired so many people. She was amazed at it. But it rekindled her dream because she said, you know, look how far I've come. I can get through this. And many, many people were inspired by that. And it's amazing how we've got to look back because God is forging something, even in the difficulties, because we have a dream and the dream will be tested. But even though the dream's tested, 
character is forged. That's what happened in Joseph's life and that's what is happening in our lives. Number eight, I hope this is helping you. There's a quick dozen here and I'm nearly done. Our confidence grows. It's amazing how when you've got a dream for the future or for something in your life, how confidence just suddenly goes, I can do this. And, and God puts that in the heart of a believer when they dream dreams that are God dreams. And it's amazing how confidence comes in your life. You believe you can and you start to get that energy and that passion. It's such a wonderful thing. Henry David Thoreau said this, he said, if one advances confidently in the direction of his dreams and endeavors to live the life which he has imagined, he will meet with a success unexpected in common hours. In other words, he'll rise above everyone else. His confidence will take him along and he'll achieve things that people can only dream about. We must dream again because it brings confidence. Number nine, our prospects increase. You know, you can't see potential in your life until you get a dream. Then suddenly the demand on that potential is brought to the fore and you begin to see, hang on a minute, I can do this. I think I can do that. Confidence grows, faith arises, creativity is released. We, we, we begin to see God forging our lives and we begin to see, hang on a minute, my prospects are improving. And I wanna to say to you today, many people don't see their prospects and they're putting their hope in the wrong thing. There's this massive drive, not only in South Africa, across the world for formal education. We've gotta get it and we've gotta get it free and it's everyone's right. But I wanna tell you, some of the most successful people in the world didn't have formal education. You know what they had? They had a dream. And as a result of the dream, their prospects were incredible. And what people are thinking is, unless I have a formal education, my prospects are null. No, get a dream. That's what will drive your prospects, a dream. Now, Albert Einstein, one of the most brilliant men this world has known, he said this, when I examine myself and my methods of thought, I come to the conclusion that the gift of fantasy has meant more to me than my talent for absorbing positive knowledge. In other words, my gift for being educated is not as important as my ability to dream. I wanna encourage you, dream, because that's when your prospects increase. Not when you go out and do some formal study. It might be good to do that, but you need to have a dream first. Then consider improving your knowledge. Number 10, this is wonderful. This is the power of a dream. Our God is glorified. You know, God is glorified when we do things, and especially when we do big things, when we step out and trust Him. He's glorified because he's made us dreamers and he gives us dreams. And then when we act on those dreams, he's honored and glorified because we behave like our creator and we begin to bring things into reality. Faith Rebello wrote a book called Awaken Your God-Given Dreams. And in the book, she says, remember dreams that come from God are honorable, holy, good, and not selfish. God is honored when we dream big dreams because they usually involve other people and we change our world around us. And often we're not recognized when we, when we have these dreams and, and, but God will glorify himself in the long run. I remember when we started our church, we had a God glorifying dream that we would touch many thousands and thousands of people across our country and that God would use us. And it wasn't a selfish dream, it was for the benefit of others. And in the beginning it seemed impossible, just a handful of people in a church. But later on it comes to pass. Some of you may have watched on Netflix the series called Nothing 
to lose. It's the story of the Brazilian founder of the universal church, Eda Macedo. Now, while we might not agree with their doctrine or their practices, we have to respect that God gave this man a dream and that the dream has come to fruition and it's actually glorified God. We can be so petty and we can nitpick and maybe we differ vastly. Nonetheless, Edomacido got a dream from God. No one thought he was called to preach. No one thought he was anointed. He was disregarded and kind of shunned. But he started a church in a park. And from that park, made sacrifices with his wife, got a building, got leaders around him. But he had obstacle after obstacle that came to challenge the dream and to forge his character. He then had government ministers ganging up on him, trying to declare his church illegal. He had the roof of one of the buildings collapse on the congregation and a number of them were killed. Then someone filmed him, one of his leaders filmed him, counting the money in one of the small churches and said he was taking the money for himself and so money scandals emerged because the generosity of the congregations was so overwhelming. But he persevered. And today, if you look at the Universal Church, they say Edomacido is a billionaire because he owns a television company. Not that that's important, but nonetheless, from starting in a park to being a billionaire, however he achieved it, the number of members in his church, 12 million worldwide, 4,500 congregations and 1,800 congregations in prison all across Brazil. You have to acknowledge that the man had a dream that came from God and he persevered. And uh, he built a massive temple in Sao Paulo, 10,000 seats. They brought stones all the way from Jerusalem. He had a big dream and he's brought it to pass. They built a church in Dipcliff, 8,000 seats. So you have to acknowledge that the man had a dream and it glorified God, even if we differ on some points of theology and on practice. John Maxwell in his book, Put Your Dream to the Test, says this, I believe God wants us to dream and to dream big because he's a big God who wants to do big things and he wants to do them through us. You see, when you have big dreams and you allow God to bring those big dreams through you, he is glorified and the creator is seen in what we accomplish for his glory. Number 11, this is a wonderful thing about a dream, our destiny unfolds. If you want your destiny to unfold, you have to have a dream. Jacob's destiny unfolded because of the dream. God put the dream in his heart and then began to show him through a process and unfold his destiny. And your life will never be all it's meant to be. Your destiny will never unfold unless you begin to dream. And a dream takes our minds ahead to what can be. And number 12, our culture is impacted. I don't know about you, but I want to leave a legacy. I want to leave something behind. I want to impact my culture. I don't want to make a name for myself. I want to be known for me. I'm not chasing fame, but I want to glorify God and I want to make a difference in my world. But you'll never make a difference in your world unless you've got a dream. Now, I was reading about a beach in Mumbai, Vasova Beach, that's been used as an unofficial dump for years and years and years. And then a young man, just 33 years old, Avra Shah got a dream that he wanted to clean up this beach. And so with a neighbor, he began to pick up 
tons and tons of dirt. Soon people rallied around him from all walks of life, Bollywood actresses, company, volunteers. Uh, people rallied with him and they managed to clean up that beach. And the United Nations Environmental Program called it one of the world's largest beach cleanups ever achieved. Five thousand tons of waste was removed. They also cleaned up the public toilets, 52 public toilets, and they planted some 50 coconut trees, all because one man had a dream, shared it with his neighbor, it triggered other people, and it impacted the culture. That's what dreams do. You get an idea, you see what can be, others rally with you, and you can change your world. I don't know about you, I want to impact my country. I want to impact my world. But dreams are the thing that rally people. And so we have to dream again. Because when we have a dream, that's when things come to pass. Are you ready to dream again? Are you ready to come out of isolation like Jacob and see that there's a stairway to heaven? You realize God's made you to be a dreamer and that dreams come from God and that dreams are powerful. And when we embrace them, oh my gosh, it's amazing what can happen. Come pray with me now. And church, right where we are in our homes, let's pray, believe for God to touch hearts right now and to change the lives of people. And let me say this, if you haven't got a dream, begin to ask God right now to give you a dream. Right now as we sit at this point in the meeting, say, God, would you rekindle dreams in my heart? I've let them die. The dream of a business, the dream of a home, the dream of my own car, the dream of a great job, the dream of a happy marriage, the dream of a great future, the dream of travel, the dream of a great career, uh, of impacting my culture. Lord, would you speak to me? I'll tell you what, God is ready to bring dreams into your place. And you can realize that place where you are right now, it can become Bethel, the house of God, awesome in your life. Trust him today and let's believe for God to give us God dreams. Now, before I pray for people to come to Christ, if today you don't know the Lord, man, can you dream ahead of what it must be like to be loved by God, forgiven by God, accepted by God, to know the joy of sins forgiven, that if you die, you'll go to heaven, that you can be born again, live a completely different life, look at life with a different perspective, understand the Bible as God's word, not just a whole lot of philosophical words in a book. If you can dream of what you can be, Christ stands ready to come into your life. But you've got to invite him in. Then God's dream becomes a reality in your life. Do you know God had a dream for his son? He had a dream that his son would come, hang on a cross for your sins and mine, and then come into the lives of those who received him, and they'd become new people. And that dream came to fruition in the Lord Jesus Christ. If you would like God's dream to be your dream, you need to invite him into your life today. So I'm gonna ask you to pray with me right now. You say, yes, I want that, that salvation. I, want, I don't fully understand, but I want it to come into my life. Come quickly, pray with me now. Father, in Jesus' name, we come to you. I bring people to you today whose hearts are open, who want the dream of the Savior to be theirs today. Come into their lives. Show them your salvation. Give them like Jacob a glimpse of heaven. Let them realize the stairway is open and that we can go up and down. We can enter into heavenly places that angels stand ready to minister on our behalf. Speak to their hearts, forgive them their sins and cause them to be born again. Bring your dream to them today and cause their lives to be changed. We thank you for this miracle of salvation 
that can happen right now, right where they are, the house of God can be in their house. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. We hope you have been blessed and inspired by this message. 